Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, I'm going to update my opening day roster predictions. Things have changed since Whit Merrifield has been signed by the Phillies, but whose position does he take on the opening day roster? And we're also going to continue our opening day countdown. We're 34 days away, and we've got my all-time favorite baseball player on today's countdown. It's going to be a special one. I can't wait to get into it. So let's do that here on Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Thank you so much for checking us out. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing wherever you consume your podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube. That really helps us out here on Locked On Phillies. So I appreciate everyone who's done that already and everyone who's going to. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Fandle. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on to get started. So check out our friends over at Fandle. I got to update my opening day roster predictions because, yeah, the last one didn't include one Whit Merrifield, who obviously is going to be on the opening day roster. He was an all-star last year for the Toronto Blue Jays, who just happened to be the Philadelphia Phillies opponent tomorrow when they take the field for the first time in spring training. But we're also going to update what's going on with the bullpen. I had two like questionable free agent slots there in the bullpen. And if there's anything else that you need to keep an eye on as far as changing. And who gets knocked off of the roster because Whit Merrifield's on it? We'll tell you all about it. So let's start with the position players, as we always do. JT Romito is an absolute lock. Garrett Stubbs is a lock. Remember, I put locks next to these guys' names so I know who's like no chance they're not being on the roster. There's a lot of locked-in spots. But the catcher position still held down. JT, Garrett Stubbs, good to go. The infield is entirely held down. Bryce Harper, Bryce Stott, Trey Turner, Alec Bohm, Edmundo Sosa, all locks. Now, that's five guys, and that's why the Whit Merrifield thing was so important, right? I've talked about this already, but I want to get into it just again so you understand how great of a move this was. Whit Merrifield can play second. He can play short. He can play third. He can play first if he has to. Like, only having five guys, let's say, I don't know, Bryson's thought, uh, twists an ankle, he's out for three weeks. Edmundo Sosa is going to be playing second base. But then who comes in when someone needs a day off? Are you calling someone up? Are you playing Jake Cave at first base? Or do you have a better option? Well, now you have a better option in the infield with Whit Merrifield, who can play anywhere. And as we move on to the outfield, there's even more versatility there. I think that Whit Merrifield's probably going to see more time in the outfield this year than the infield. But that's just a guess considering they're not sold on Rojas and they're not sold on Marsh against lefties. And I just think that would be the more natural spot to play him. But in so I'm going to put him with the outfielders, by the way. That's why he wasn't listed in the infielders. But the infield is entirely a lock. None of those guys are missing the team. Um, and short of like knock on wood injury or anything. Now, the outfield, there are three locks. 
Kyle Schwarber's going to be on the team. Nick Castellanos is going to be on the team. Brandon Marsh is going to be on the team. But Kyle Schwarber's going to be the designated hitter. So that means that you're probably going to carry uh, six outfielders on the roster as opposed to five infielders because Schwarber doesn't technically count. So you need three more guys. On the last version, version 2.0, my opening day roster predictions, I said Johan Rojas, Jake Cave, and Christian Pache would get those spots. I still think Johan Rojas is going to make the team. I do. And on top of that, I think Johan Rojas is going to be your opening day starter in center field. I think he's going to show enough this spring that he earns that position out there and makes Whit Merrifield a backup player, which is kind of what the Philadelphia Phillies are planning on, right? They're planning on having Whit Merrifield be a depth option. And if Rojas doesn't make the team, Merrifield turns into a 35-year-old starting center fielder for your team who was an all-star last year. But in that role, I'm a little bit less excited about the move if he's your guy out there in center field than I would be if he's your J.K. replacement. So Schwarber, Cassianos, and Marsh make the team. I think Rojas also makes the team for the time being. Go get our first look at game action of Johan Rojas this weekend, I believe. Uh, he should play in one, if not both of those games, Saturday against the Blue Jays, Sunday against the Yankees, and we'll get to see what he looks like against some pitching. Cool. See if he can hit. But then the Jake Cave Christian Pache thing is interesting because I can update this right now, change this to version three, and put Whit Merrifield down there. Uh, I'll put him even ahead of Rojas. Whit Merrifield, and I'm going to put him immediately to a lock to make the team. There's no doubt in my mind that Whit Merrifield's going to be on the team. Like, let's not kid ourselves. So if Whit Merrifield's locked in, that's four outfielders. We got to. I was going to say, we got to kill one of these outfielders, but not actually kill them. We got to remove one of the outfielders from the roster. Jake Cave or Christian Pache? That is the question. Not to be or not to be. Jake Cave or Christian Pache? It's a tough one. There are upsides to both players. There are downsides to both players. The upside to Jake Cave, he's the more versatile defender. He can play first base if he needs to. Uh, also, I mean, he's a guy with more major league experience. He's a guy that they trusted more last year. Now, Pache was injured a lot, so they might have trusted Pache more if he was healthy. Uh, but J.K. feels like the more proven asset at this point, which he's going to be an emergency option on the major league roster if he makes it. So I'm not saying, like, oh, play J.K. over Whit Merrifield. No, but compared to Christian Pache, I could see the argument that J.K. is the more veteran player, and also he seems to have more trust from the organization, at least if you go by what happened last year. I mean, the last at bat of the season was Jake Cave as the NLCS was on the line. Didn't work out. We know that. Uh, the upside of Pache, significantly more athletic. A lot more of a pedigree when it comes to his prospect status when he came up with the Braves. Uh, he's got more raw ability but he hasn't really realized that potential yet. And he was injury prone last year. So you aren't as comfortable with him, right? Rob Thompson knows that if Jake cave plays 50 plus games, he can still manage this team to the postseason and have a solid record in doing so 90 games last year. One. I don't think they know or trust that with Christian Pache because he's hasn't been out there enough but he's got the higher upside. So the question is, do you go with potential or do you go with proof? And knowing the Philadelphia Phillies, 
I would imagine that Christian Pache would be the guy who does not make the team. That Jake Cave is your final outfielder. That Christian Pache is on the outside looking in. And that is how the roster is going to shape up. So I'm going to, sorry, buddy, because I do like Christian Pache's upside a lot. But I'm removing Christian Pache from the opening day roster. And the locks now are Schwarber, Castellanos, Marsh, and Whit Merrifield. Johan Rojas and Jake Cave are the two other options in the outfield. Rojas is not a lock, but I do think he ends up being the starter, which is weird because the guy who would be behind him, Whit Merrifield, is a lock to make the team. So an interesting dynamic there in the outfield. There's one other guy that could be a factor here. David Dahl, who was an all-star with the Colorado Rockies back in 2019. So that's five years ago at this point. But he was an all-star with the Rockies. Then he had a bunch of injury issues. and He never really quite figured out how to uh, hit at the major league level the same way. He's great in the minors. He's like that typical quad A player. But the difference between him and the average quad A player was this dude was once an all-star at the major league level. That just doesn't leave your system for no reason at some point. Now, the injuries could have stopped him from ever reaching that potential again. But he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. And another guy that I think is a very interesting name is Weston Wilson. Weston Wilson came up last year. He played a couple games at the major league level. He's an older prospect, but he's a guy that, listen, he homered in his first at bat. He didn't look like the moment was too big for him. He's not going to be your, like, top caliber outfielder, infielder, versatile defender as well, by the way. But he brings a little bit of pop. The team seems to like him. He seems to be capable of handling the pressure of Major League Baseball. I don't know if he has a shot. I'd imagine they're going to give him a look. And he would have to do a lot against what Jake Cave and Christian Pache do and David Dahl would do in order to make this team. But don't sleep on Weston Wilson as a guy who could make noise this spring. That's the only other guy that comes to mind when I think about that. So, that's the position player prediction for version 3.0. I'll just give you all the names one more time. Ramudo and Stubbs, Harper, Stott, Turner, Bohm, Sosa, Schwarber, Castellanos, Marsh, Whit Merrifield, Johan Rojas, Jake Cave, and a couple other names I gave you to look at in the outfield where it isn't really set. Coming up next, we're going to get into the pitchers. And the bullpen, I think it's time to start making some bold predictions. We'll do that as we continue Lock on Phillies. Let me tell you about back plays first, though, because one of the most important things you can do with data is make sure it is correctly protected and backed up. So back is a great way for you to get unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs and businesses for just $99 a year. You can easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. You can protect all the data on your machines automatically, so you don't have to worry about like manually backing anything up. It's easy to deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. You have a bunch of different stuff you can do. Listen to this. Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. Could you imagine your whole business just lost all their data? Everything you have saved? Everything's digital now. That's as good as having like insurance on the papers that you used to use back in the day before the internet. That's how important this is. You wouldn't want to be able to just lose all that stuff. 
you're careful, and you file it away. Well, Backblaze helps you do that with all of your important digital files. One-year file retention and version history. So even if you go past, like, like one year is a long time for you to keep on all of that stuff. That's perfect for your business to be safe. And over 55 billion files have been restored for customers. So they've proven that they're capable of protecting your files at a incredibly high level for an incredibly reasonable price. Visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB so they know where you came from. They know we sent you. And you can continue to support the show and support Backblaze. They're recommended by the New York Times magazine. Sorry, New York New York Times, Inc. Magazine, um, Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, uh, Tom's Guide, uh, 9 to 5 Mac. So many magazines and publications recommend these guys. And you can receive a fully featured no-risk free trial so you can see just how well it works at backblaze.com and slash locked on MLB. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Go ahead and start today and make sure your data is protected. Let's move on to the pitchers on my 26-man opening day roster version 3.0. And not much change with the starters. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put mm, – no, I'm not going to do that just yet. Because I'm not 100% confident that there's not going to be a change in the rotation. But Zach Wheeler is a lock. Aaron Nola is a walk. Walk. Wow, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Aaron Nola is a lock. Ranger Suarez is a lock. And Taiwan Walker, they're all locks. Aaron Nola, by the way, will throw Sunday against the New York Yankees in his first spring training action, the Phillies' second spring training game. So we talked about that in yesterday's episode. If you want to go ahead and check out my breakdown of what you should be watching for in Aaron Nola's start. Uh, Christopher Sanchez is the only non-lock in the rotation. Here's why. Because Taiwan Walker is a proven major leaguer, won 15 games last year. I know Christopher Sanchez had an amazing year, was the better pitcher between the two. But let's say they do go out and sign, like, I don't know, Jordan Montgomery. And he comes in. It's a lot more likely that Christopher Sanchez is the guy on the outside looking in than it is Taiwan Walker is. So uh, I'm hesitant to put the lock on Christopher Sanchez just because of that fact that if they add someone to the rotation – it's probably going to be Sanchez as the first man off, but I'm keeping him for the time being. I feel relatively confident that the Phillies are done adding major league level starting pitching, but in case they do, I don't want to have Sanchez locked in because I want to be correct on this stuff, right? I don't want to get this wrong. I'm trying to give you actual legitimate predictions. So Wheeler, Walker, Nola, Suarez, Sanchez is my prediction for the time being for those locks. Sanchez is not, but I don't think that'll change. And then the bullpen, we had a couple of locks already. We had five complete locks to make the team. Gregory Soto, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Matt Strong, Jeff Hoffman. Think about the seasons those guys had, or rather this career or resume that they bring in. Gregory Soto was an all-star two times in Detroit. It, like you have a two-time all-star closer in this bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez has had moments where he's one of the hardest-to-hit right-handed relievers in baseball. He had a rough year last year. Does he have a bounce back in him? Maybe, maybe not. I think he does. But either way, the resume says him at his peak, he's a very valuable option. Jose Alvarado is right now one of the better left-handed relievers in baseball. 
Matt Strom, one of the more versatile relievers in baseball. I mean, he started significant amounts of games for the Phillies last year and then went to the bullpen and kept dominating. That guy's a valuable lefty. And Jeff Hoffman was one of the surprises of all of baseball last year, one of the more dominant, uh, actually the most dominant pitcher in baseball when it came to uh, weak contact, which is kind of what you want, right? Guys not making heavy contact with the ball is normally a good sign for pitchers to have success. So each of those guys is very valuable. And that's five of the, um, yeah, that's five of the what, eight spots? Yeah, that you're going to have in the bullpen. I can't count. Early in the morning for me. Uh, but, yeah, I like those five as locks still. Part of me wants to put Orion Kirkering as a lock. I don't think there's any way that the kid ends up not making the team. I really don't. But I guess that kind of goes in the same category as the Christopher Sanchez thing. If there's a move made, they could be looking at uh, – like him going down to AAA and getting work and then getting called up later in the season when he gets more settled in. Like uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Orion Kirkring doesn't make the team. I think he's like a 98 and a half percent chance to make the opening day roster, but that's not a lock locks are hundred percent. So I'm not putting a lock next to his name yet. Nick Nelson was the other guy I put on there uh, as far as a uh, free agent or a young player guy that was in the minors last year uh, that could earn a spot in the bullpen this year. Uh, I put him on there to make a judgment call, just a guess. Uh, again, these are all predictions, and it's fun to just take guesses at some of them because there are not many positions with the Philadelphia Phillies you have to guess with. Uh, but then the final spot was impending free agent or trade down there. I'm going to change that. I'm going to put a name to it, and – do I want to put Colby Allard? Colby Allard is a guy that has starting experience. He's starting the Philadelphia Phillies' first spring training game, uh, which Nick Nelson started games in spring training last year and ended up not making the team at all. And we didn't really see him in 2023 very much. I don't even know if he pitched in the majors in 2023. Bottom line is starting the first game in spring training does not guarantee you to be a member of the team. It just doesn't. It's not natural. I have Nick Nelson as a team member on here because of the things that Rob Thompson said, that they like what they've seen from him. But that final spot, who does it go to? I guess if I had to predict now, I want to predict on somebody who's liked by Rob Thompson and Dave Dombrowski and this team, so who has a track record of this team trusting him a veteran, or at least someone they've had before, right? I'd be surprised if it's one of the acquisitions that they brought in. Uh, Pinto, uh, Allard, guys like that. I don't think that that's more likely than a guy that they've already had. So that brings me to two options, Connor Brogdon and Dylan Cuffey. Junior Marte is just, he's not quite there yet. The kid wasn't ready for Major League Baseball last year when he came up, but Connor Brogdon's been up multiple times. Dylan Covey was trusted, and he was on a couple of the postseason rosters, I believe, at least for the wild card, I think. So, yeah, I to put a name to it so it's not just impending free agent considering games are about to start, I'm putting down Dylan Covey as the final roster spot on the 26-man roster for the Philadelphia Phillies. I know people might not be happy about that because 
People thought he was really bad at points last year. That could always change. You could always have someone pop up. Uh, Connor Brogdon could look really good. Uh, Junior Marte could look really good. Colby Allard could look really good. Like You could find guys down there uh, in the minors or that aren't expected to make the team that could make a difference. You, you could. So this isn't locked in at all. This is just version 3.0 of my roster predictions. Uh, but, yes, Whit Merrifield takes the spot of Christian Pache. And Dylan Covey takes the spot of the final free agent kind of free spot in the bullpen that I left. But we'll see how that plays out. It's only been like four days that they've been down there in Clearwater. So uh, more time will tell. That's just how I feel for the time being. So let me know in the comments if you agree with who's making the opening day roster, if you want to see things change. And uh, we can discuss more when I get into the next roster prediction, which will be uh, either next week or two weeks from now, depending on the news cycle. You feel me? Coming up, we got our opening day countdown. We're to number 34. It's my favorite Philly of all time. You should know who it is already. But we'll, uh, we'll get into that coming up as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. FanDuel Sportsbook's the best. You've already heard me talk about them, right? You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. Like last night, I was sitting down. I was watching the Sixers. They were playing the Knicks, and I was like, hmm, I have a feeling that these teams are scoring more than they normally do, like right now at this point in the game. So what does that mean? Well, if they're overscoring at this point, they're probably going to slow down the scoring, which means the over-under is probably inflated. I took the under. I threw just 10 bucks on that. I cashed it. No problem. And if you do that as a new customer with $5, not only are you going to win your money when you win a bet, but that $150 in bonus bets is yours to spend however you'd like on the app. So go ahead and check it out. They got everything from money line to over-unders, futures, player props, all that great stuff. Go ahead and check them out. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, 34, the best to ever wear that jersey number in Philadelphia Phillies history, is my guy. I mean, I, I could read you some other names that wore 34 just to give you some context, but, I mean, there's no one close. Uh, Andrew Knapp wore 34, nap time. No. A.J. Burnett wore 34 back in 2014. Cliff Lee wore 24 back in 2009. Um I mean, Kevin Millwood wore 34 back in 2003 and 2004. And you go back a little bit further. Gary Matthews, Sarge, wore number 34, 1981 to 1983. There are a bunch of guys who wore number 34. Very popular number. Art Rubble, when you go back to 1934, who remembers watching him? Probably nobody who's watching this. But obviously, number 34 the greatest Philly to ever wear it. The number, in my opinion, should be retired and never worn again by any other player. Or, and it is. Uh, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Roy Halladay gets it. It's not even close. Like, Roy Halladay is my favorite baseball player of all time. He is the greatest pitcher I've ever seen. Like, I know there are other guys that might be assumed to be better pitchers, like all time. There are very few people, I think, that have Roy Halladay as the number one pitcher in the history of the game. 
for me, he's my favorite at least, and I know he's one of the greats. Like, absolutely amazing work ethic, incredible execution. I've seen him throw a perfect game. I've seen him throw a no-hitter. Like, he – no-hitter in the postseason, by the way. Like, he is just the perfect pitcher. Balanced, great stuff, great command, great mental fortitude. He was the guy that I wanted to be when I was growing up and I was pitching. So, I, listen, I love Droy Halliday. Sad day when I heard about his passing. I think it was for all of us. But that guy, absolutely a legend of the game and will always be my favorite member of the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Roy Halladay, number 34, the best to ever wear it in Philadelphia Phillies history. And we're only 34 days away from spring spring training, from opening day, Phillies-Braves on March 28th. So, always a good time when I get to talk about Roy. And always a good time when I get to talk to you here on Lock on Phillies. So, thank you so much for checking us out. That's all for today's episode. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the YouTube. All that great stuff. It really helps me out, so I appreciate it. Uh, We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I will talk to you on Monday. We'll recap some spring training games on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.